everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. This is not a daycare. It's a university. The title of an essay, the contents of which would stir a viral sensation, resulting in vitriolic dismay from college students across America and academia at large. But why? Aren't universities and college campuses supposed to have, quote, safe places, quote, trigger point announcements, to avoid, quote, microaggression? Add to this coloring books, teddy bears, and yes, of course, zero pushback to any wants, needs, and feelings this, quote, snowflake millennial generation may desire. What part of working for a living, respecting others, respecting authority, being grateful, selfless, and God-honoring don't they get? Fade back, the greatest generation, and especially if attending a Bible-based institution. More importantly, ladies and gentlemen, what about the, quote, leaders of these academic institutions choosing to coddle rather than correct choosing fear over faith, and in the end, perhaps, choosing death over life for the students they were afraid to offend. Ladies and gentlemen, with us today for this very important and needed conversation is author of the runaway bestseller, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. President of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, a nationally recognized speaker, author, and recipient of the Gene Kirkpatrick Award for Academic Freedom from the Bradley Foundation and CPAC. He has been a featured guest on major media outlets, is a native of Hillsdale, Michigan with his wife and two sons, having served the last 15 years as the first family of OKWU, Oklahoma Wesleyan University, would you please welcome to testimony a wonderful honor indeed, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper, welcome to testimony. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored. Well, it's a great honor to have you here, sir. First of all, I just have to say how aghast I was in reading just the first few pages of your best-selling Not a Daycare. I had to decide whether to laugh or cry. And secondly, wonder how on earth did we get here? Can you explain? Well, let me explain the first few pages so people understand. I think what you're probably referring to is the entire context for the title Not a Daycare. It all started about two years ago when after a required chapel here at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, which is a conservative Christian institution, boldly and proudly so. We don't apologize for it, and everybody that comes here and enrolls here and is a student here understands our convictions. Well, after a chapel service just before Thanksgiving two years ago, uh, we had a student that came forward afterwards and said that he was offended and felt singled out by the sermon, by the homily. Well, I asked the speaker, can you give me a copy of your speech so I can see what your topic was? The topic was 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, for those that don't know, it's the quintessential love chapter of the Bible. Love is patient, love is kind. 
So I actually had a kid who felt offended by the love chapter of the Bible because it made him feel guilty. Well, I responded, and I basically wrote an article that said this. Young man, that feeling of discomfort that you had, it's called your conscience. You might want to attend to it rather than complain about the speaker. And by the way, if you expect us to comfort you and coddle you rather than confront you, you're probably at the wrong university and the wrong college. And I concluded by saying, my goodness, this is a university, it's not a daycare. Well, that went viral. We had several million people read that op-ed, that article, and it led to the publishing of this book that we're talking about today, which addresses the exact same thing. It's not just a confrontation of my one student or a challenge to my own college. It's a challenge to our entire culture, that this culture is not a daycare, and that what we suffer as a culture uh, as a result of abandoning truth is not a positive thing. The consequences are dire. Well, and I did read that in your book. That is just astounding. You also had another segment that talked about a seemingly bright and diligent student. She was asked to give her summation of the movie, Schindler's List. Would you talk about that and why that is just not acceptable? Well, this is an anecdote of a class I taught several years ago at a different Christian college. And I assigned the students the movie Schindler's List. I wanted them to watch the movie and then write a paper and tell me what the movie was about, but then to critique the worldview that led to the Holocaust. Well, I had one student who actually, she wrote a decent paper. She summarized the movie well. And after five pages or so, she concluded by saying this, but who am I to judge the Germans? So basically, I had a student 15, 20 years ago at a Christian college who, watching the movie Schindler's List, witnessing Jews being shot in the head and exterminated and burned in furnaces, she cannot make a moral judgment. Who am I to judge the Germans? This is where we are as a culture today. We've taught one generation after another that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. We've taught them intellectual nihilism and moral nihilism, and now we shouldn't be surprised to find these nihilists and these students that are more interested in narcissism than making a moral judgment running rampant in our campus greens and protesting because they're offended by some idea. And the irony is they've been taught to be tolerant, but yet they're the most intolerant of them all. They actually have the audacity to say that I can't tolerate your intolerance and I hate you hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure and I know that nothing can be known. Their worldview is self-refuting at every turn. They're sawing off the branch upon which they sit. It's like watching a dog chase its tail, if you will. It'd be funny if it weren't so sad. We actually have created a generation of individuals and students who are so focused on themselves that they can see no values, no virtues, above and beyond what their own opinions are and their own little personal constructs. This is a very dangerous place for us to be, and I would argue that freedom is lost when we stop teaching the truths that give us the context of these freedoms in the first place. Amen and amen. Well said. So, Dr. Piper, who, in your view, ultimately is responsible for the lack of biblical and moral decay amongst our young people and students today? Well, I'll pick on my own industry, higher education, the ivory tower. I think we've created this monster, and it's turning around to bite us, and now we don't know what to do about it. What's taught today in the classroom is always practiced tomorrow in our culture, in our churches, in our courtrooms, and in our country. I'll say that again. What's taught today in our classroom is what's going to be practiced tomorrow in our culture, and in our courtrooms, and in our country. And that's what we see. We've been teaching lousy ideas for several generations and decades, 
and now the chickens are coming home to roost. You know, Richard Weaver wrote a seminal work in 1948. He titled it, Ideas Have Consequences. And what was his point? Ideas have consequences. They matter. Good ideas bear good culture, good community, good kids, and bad ideas will bear the opposite. And why is 1948 important in, in what I'm saying right now? It's because he was looking backward just a handful of years to World War II, to Hitler, who said, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. Weaver was telling us that this was predictable. It was, a, it was as predictable as the sunrise. We should have been able to see this coming. Bad ideas bore the bad consequences of World War II. And the same is proven true today. The bad ideas of narcissism and self-absorption are bearing themselves out in self-absorbed and narcissistic students. And they're pouting and they're preening and they're prancing through the college green, demanding, demanding their pound of flesh because they've been taught that they're victims rather than being taught to have virtue. Education has lost its way, and as the result, we have created this monster, as I said, that's turning around to bite the very hand that's been feeding it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Dr. Everett Piper, author of the runaway bestseller, Not a Daycare. Dr. Piper, in our remaining time here today, I'm reminded of the scripture that tells us, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And in addition, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How important, then, is being grounded in the word of God before ever stepping foot on a college campus, secular or otherwise. Well, it's interesting that you quote these words of Christ, because I would argue that those words are the very foundation of the Liberal Arts Academy. To this day, some 1,000 years after its founding, Oxford still has one word on its shield. It's veritas, Latin for truth. They recognized the words of Christ actually were the very words that gave us the context for human freedom in the first place, and thus the reason that they titled or called their universities liberal arts institutions because they were educating people for liberty and liberation for freedom for the freedom that comes through studying the truth the truth shall set you free and ironically today as we abandon more and more of those objective truths and start worshiping our feelings rather than facts and giving degrees and opinions rather than actually learning something we lose more and more of our intellectual freedom and our academic freedom and our personal freedoms and it turns into ideological fascism on the college campus rather than a celebration of the intellectual freedom that the academy was originally known for wow incredibly said so then doctor what do you say to the student who has never read the bible yet attends a biblically based university is full of marxist socialist ideology how do you bring that one around to the simplicity that is in christ jesus without offending sense the scriptures are clear that jesus himself is a rock of offense well let's go back to what jesus did in the face of an adversary in the face of a pagan culture that probably wasn't all that different than our own jesus the smartest man that ever walked the face of the earth, I would argue. He was God incarnate, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us. He's the Son of God. He is God incarnate. Obviously, he knows the answer to the question. He can win the argument and the debate if he wants to. But often, if not almost always, Jesus chose not to debate, not to argue, but rather to simply ask a good rhetorical question. Whose face is on this coin? Why do you call me Lord? Do you want to throw the first stone? Which one of you is without sin? And then he's quiet and he lets the worldview of his opponent show itself for what it truly is as they drop their stones and they walk away. Perhaps we should follow the example of Christ 
and just be prepared to ask good questions, such as this. Do you believe in tolerance? Be quiet and let them answer. Do you believe in love versus hate? Be quiet and let them answer. Do you believe that everything is an opinion or are there certain objective truths? Who constructs those truths? Do you believe in justice? Can there be justice without a judge? If we simply ask these questions, we expose the lie for what it is, and we can allow our silence to cause them to drop their stones and walk away, rather than our anger or our vitriol. We can't win if we just return evil for evil. We have to figure out how to ask the question as Jesus himself did, and then let their worldview implode. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to nationally recognized author, speaker, and fifth president of the historic Oklahoma Wesleyan University, Dr. Everett Piper. His latest must-read, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. You can learn more about Dr. Piper's work, ministry, and mission by visiting everettpiper.com and get his book, not a daycare, a bold declaration of what truth really is. Dr. Piper, it has been an absolute joy and honor having you share just a little from your astounding book, Not a Daycare, a common sense declaration of truth to not only wake up the so-called, quote, snowflake generation, but also its leaders and the institutions they represent. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.